Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Mr. Rogers once said, I believe that appreciation is a holy thing, that when we look for what's best in a person we happen to be with at the moment, we're doing what God does all the time. So in loving and appreciating our neighbor, we're participating in something sacred. But when it comes to loving our neighbors, where do we start? How do we push past our own nervousness? We explore these questions and more in our series, Bless. We're thankful you're here. Let's continue the upward journey. We're having fun with Mr. Rogers. Are you enjoying the series so far? Blessed, learning how to love our neighbors. It is so important that we learn to love our neighbors, right? If the gospel of Jesus Christ and the good news of Jesus Christ stay stuck inside your home, that's not God's plan and it's not God's will. He wants the gospel to get out into our neighborhoods and touch and change people's lives. And today we're going to learn about the second, bless is an acronym. Remember, bless, the B is begin with prayer. The L is listen. The E means eat, and you're going to love that one next week. The first S means serve, and the last one is story. You tell your story and Jesus' story. Uh, this message and this series is so powerful because instead of beginning with the story, as so many of us do, the blessed strategy teaches us as a good farmer how to prepare the ground of our neighbor's heart before we sow the seed of the story into their lives. And it's a powerful way to share Jesus' love with your neighbor. Today we're on the second message and the word is listen. We're going to learn the power of listening. I was reading a story this week of a young man named Steve Morris. Steve was born in Saginaw, Michigan and raised in Detroit, Michigan. And he was in elementary school when he encountered one of those teachers that changed your life. Have you ever just had somebody, maybe a teacher, a mentor, someone who just changed your life for the good? Steve encountered a teacher when he was nine years old. Her name was Mrs. Benedict. And Mrs. Benedict loved Steve and cared for Steve in such a powerful way. One day, uh, Steve had a disability, and she wanted to really uh, care for him and honor him and, and tell him who he could be and what he could do in spite of his disability. So one day, she brings a mouse to class, and she doesn't tell everybody. She hides the mouse in a trash can over along the side of the room. And during the middle of the day when she's giving her lecture, she said, Listen, can anybody hear that? It sounds like there's a mouse scratching. And nobody could hear it but little Steve. Little Steve heard what was going on, and she knew it. You see, little Steve was blind, and in compensation, he had this tremendous gift for hearing. He could hear anything and everything, and she knew that Steve would be able to hear this mass. So she stopped the, the mouse, and she stopped the class and said, Can anybody hear the mouse? And they all got quiet, and Steve raised his hand. He said, I hear it, Miss Benedict. She said, Steve, could you go find the mouse for us and and little Steve even though he's blind he could get up and through listening he found his way to the mouse and he said it's right here and everybody clapped for Steve and they honored Steve and she encouraged him that he had a powerful gift to use his listening and his ear to bless the world you know little Steve my generation knows him as Stevie Wonder one of the greatest musicians that ever lived and he was encouraged there's a couple lessons from this story you never know when you're able to encourage someone with a word and when you find somebody you can encourage you might change their life but the other lesson that we're talking about today is the incredible power 
of listening. We need to learn to listen. Listening is a powerful, powerful yet underrated skill. Don't you often hear about great speakers? You like people who have the ability to talk and be good talkers. Do you know any good talkers? Sometimes you get tired of talkers. Sometimes you need a listener. We talk about the good speakers, but rarely do we talk about and elevate the people who have listening skills. But it's one of the most highly needed skills in our world today is people who can listen. Let me give you some good news about your neighbors. Anybody ready for some good news? Let me tell you about your neighbors. They did a survey in the United States, and 87% of the people in our country say that they believe in God. Over 25% of those who believe in God say that they are curious about Christianity and what Christianity might mean to their lives. That's a powerful statement. 87% of our population believe in God. Uh, Over 25% of them say they're curious about Christianity, meaning they're ready for someone to share the good news with them. They want to learn. And among young adults, how many of you, what, what do you think when they just surveyed young adults about their curiosity, you think the number went up or down? Went up. 36% of young people in their 20s said that they were interested in learning more about Christianity. They want to hear the gospel. In this same survey, they asked them, they said, what is important for your friends and neighbors when they want to share their faith with you? What is important to you? And how would you like them to share their faith with you? And they said three things. They said, number one, listen to me first without judging me. Number two, allow me to come to my own conclusions. Don't force me to believe anything. And number three, be confident in what you believe. Listen to me without judging me. Don't pressure or force me. Let me come to my own conclusions and be confident in what you believe. It's no surprise that at the top of the list of your neighbors that want to hear about Christ, the top of the list is listen to me. In the book of James, it's a powerful book in the New Testament. If you've never read the book of James, it's just hard-hitting and practical. It's filled with truth. James, who wrote this book, was the earthly brother of Jesus Christ. Jesus was born of a virgin. Joseph and Mary later had children, and one of those was James. So James, in essence, was the little brother of Jesus. How would you like to have been the little brother of Jesus? Do you think, well, I don't know if you'd have liked it so much or not. Can you imagine? Why can't you be like your older brother? He never did anything wrong. If you think you had the perfect older sibling, let me tell you, James dealt with that in his life. Jesus was his older brother, but he was raised with Jesus, knew Jesus, initially rejected Jesus, but when he saw he had risen from the dead, he knew that he was the Messiah. James wrote a powerful book, and in chapter 1, verse 19, he said this, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Quick to listen. Everybody say, quick to listen. Slow to speak. Can we say that again? Quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to get angry. How many of you, let's just talk about those things. Listen, speak, anger. What are you the quickest to? Let's do a survey. Let's have fun. How many are quickest to anger? That's the number one thing that can jump out of you. 
How many are quick to speak? You want to say something. Yeah, that's a lot of us too. How many can say my first instinct is to listen? There's a few of us out there. Incredible. There's, that's really good. I'm glad you raised your hand and I'm glad you're out there. We need more of that. Listeners tend to be in the minority. But the scripture says we're to be quick to listen. You've heard it said before, probably, that we have two ears and one mouth. Meaning we're, we're created biologically to do twice as much listening as we are talking. You know, uh, God has given us the ability in our physical bodies. We have eyelids so we can close our eyes. We have lips so we can close our mouth. We don't have anything to close our ears except our fingers. <laughs> that tells me that we were created for our ears to stay open. We were created to listen and to hear. We need to learn when to close our eyes, and we certainly need to know when to close our mouths. The Bible says, be slow to speak. That means put your mouth on a delay timer. Anybody experienced, you know what a delay timer is? It's, uh, it's when a TV station or a radio station, uh, anything they broadcast out live has a delay of several seconds. So that if something is said or done that is offensive or could cause trouble, they can stop it. Radio stations today, I have a good friend that uh, my friend John Wood uh, told me this this week. He's on a great Christian radio station, 106.9 The Light. And I asked John, we've talked about it before. John said, uh, our, the station is on a seven-second delay. And I said, seven seconds. Why seven seconds? He said, well, there are certain words, if they were said by a caller live on the air, they could, we could be heavily fined. And I said, what do you mean by heavily? He said, if profanity goes out live over the air, we can be fined between $350,000 up to $3 million. I wanted to ask him what the $3 million word was, but I didn't do it. <laughs> do you think we might could put our mouths on delay a little bit and think about what's coming out of our brain that we give it maybe a five-second delay before we see it? I, I've known some people that it seems like between their mind and their mouth, there is a direct linkage with no filter in between. But I think we need to have a delay. James teaches us, keep your ears open to listen to people before you speak. Now, Jesus was the ultimate listener. If you study the life of Jesus Christ, certainly He was a great speaker. He was a teacher. He was an orator. But Jesus listened so well. Luke chapter 18, verses 35 through 42 are our story for today. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road when he heard the noise of a crowd going past. And he asked what was happening. So this blind beggar is sitting there. He's, he's essentially an outcast. He's by the side of the road. He's begging for support. And this huge crowd's going by. And the only way he can know that is through listening. He heard the noise of the crowd. And he asked them, what's going on? And they told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Would you shout too if you were a blind beggar? 
If you knew that the one time in life that your hope was passing by and, and an opportunity was coming by that your life could be changed, you see, Jesus already had a reputation of opening blind eyes, of unstopping deaf ears. Jesus had a reputation of raising the dead. So the word was out, the Messiah is here, and he's working miracles and healing people. So this blind man hears that Jesus is passing by, and he doesn't whisper, he shouts. Sometimes a desperate prayer is the most powerful prayer. He cried out and said, Jesus, Son of David. In that term, Son of David, he's calling him the Messiah. Have mercy on me. But guess what? There's a crowd around trying to shush him up all the time. There's always a crowd around trying to tell you to be quiet. They say, be quiet. The people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 40 says, when Jesus heard him. That's powerful. Jesus heard him. He heard the cry of faith. He heard the cry of desperation. You know, Jesus had a powerful ability to hear cries of faith and prayers of faith in the midst of great noise. There was a time when Jesus was called to the home of a man whose daughter was deathly ill and she eventually died. While Jesus was on the way, she died. But while he was on the way, the scripture said this woman who had a hemorrhage for many, many years determined in her heart she was just going to touch Jesus. She didn't even think to talk to Jesus or to ask Jesus for anything. She just said, if I can just touch the hem of his robe, I'll be healed. That's incredible faith. And she pressed through a noisy crowd as Jesus was traveling. Jesus was moving to something very important. And she touched the hem of his robe. And it says, immediately her hemorrhage that had been going on for years stopped when she touched Jesus. I'm telling you, friends, if you'll lay hold of Jesus Christ, they'll bring, he, he'll bring healing to your life. He'll bring deliverance to your life. He'll bring hope to your life. He'll bring peace to your life. He'll set you free from addictions. He can do all kinds of things to, to in your life and through your life if you'll just lay hold of him and touch him. But I love it. Jesus, even though he was busy, pressed about by a crowd, he stopped and he said, who touched me? And the disciples said, are you crazy, Lord? Everybody's touching you. You're making your way through this crowd. And Jesus said, no, I felt something different. There was a touch of faith. I felt healing power go out of me. Someone touched me. And he turned around and this woman was bowing down before him. And she told him everything. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Jesus was a powerful listener. He would stop what he was doing and take care of the need of the one most unworthy. You see, this woman, because of her bleeding, was considered unclean. This beggar, because of his blindness and his poverty, was considered unclean. But Jesus is drawn to the unclean. He listens to them. He pays attention to them. He watches for their need. Let me tell you something about your Jesus. I always, I always wonder what the disciples would say. if you just. I really want to talk to them and say, what was it like to walk with Jesus? They'd say, well, he loved to sleep. He took naps. <laughs> Absolutely true. He loved to disappear and pray. You had to go find him all the time. He loved to go to parties. Read your Bible. He loved to eat. They accused him of being a glutton. But they would say this, every time you went somewhere with him, he'd stop and talk to the person you least expected him to. He'd stop and talk to a blind man that everybody else ignored. 
He'd stop with a woman who had an issue of bleeding that made her unclean. In fact, one time we went to this city of Sychar in Samaria and he sat down with this woman of bad reputation and talked to her alone beside a well. Jesus listened. said when Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. And as the man came near, Jesus asked him, you see, Jesus asked him a question. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Let me tell you what Jesus did, and I want us to adopt this as a practice in our life. Jesus paid attention to people. He paid attention to hurting people. He paid attention to broken people. Over all this noise and over all the tumult and over all that he had to do, in the midst of all his busyness, he listened to people. You ever just get busy and fail to pay attention to the needs that are all around you? Anybody? You ever in a hurry somewhere and you just miss something that God wants to do? I believe this. You're filled with Jesus. If you know Jesus, the Holy Spirit's on the inside of you, and that's Jesus' presence. And everywhere you go, he's got a mission for you. He's got a reason for you to be in a room. If you get busy and stressed and worn out and upset, you'll miss it. I told you a couple years ago, I was in an auto parts store, and this lady in front of me was dragging. You ever get behind one of those slow people that are just dragging when you got something to do? Anybody other than me, an expert at getting in the slow lane? If I get in a lane at the grocery store, I can guarantee you there's going to be about three price checks, and they're going to have to write a check. Who has that anymore? I see checkbooks. I'm like, who does that? Probably some of y'all, but I'm like, wow. Then they got to go call the manager to get something out of the cat. That's my life. I was in an auto parts store, and I got behind this lady, and she was wanting to buy windshield wiper blades and I thought man just give her the blades I gotta go just bring her some blades out here I gotta go he gave her an education in windshield wipers he told her every model every car every and I'm like man get her get her out of here and she's still asking questions I'm like it's simple it's the wiper blade that's it and uh I'm sitting there just aggravated when a guy behind me comes around and says, ma'am, could I help you with these blades? I see you're having a hard time. Could I, could I help you pick out the right ones? And he said, matter of fact, I'm just going to pay for them. And she was just moved. She said, oh, you've just blessed me. He said, man, that's, he said, ma'am, I, I'm a local pastor. That's really happened. He said, I'm a local pastor and I love Jesus and I just wanted to bless you today. I thought, how in the world did the Holy Spirit get from that person's need all the way through my bad attitude back to that preacher? I'll tell you what the Holy Spirit did. He just went around me. Jesus wasn't like that. He made the most of moments when there were needs. And He listened. The great Hebrew prayer of Deuteronomy 6 is the highlight, one of the great highlights of the Old Testament. It's a Hebrew prayer called the Shema. Deuteronomy 6, it says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, and you must love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. This was the holiest and highest prayer of Israel called the Shema. The Shema is taken from the first word of that verse that means hear. It means listen. 
when uh, Rachel named her son, or Jacob named his son Simon, uh, the word is Shimon. It means the Lord has paid attention to my cry. The Shema means to pay attention to. Jesus is a God who pays attention. He notices need. He notices yours. And He puts you in places so that you can notice needs as well. Amen? Amen. Then the second thing Jesus did, He noticed the man. And then He asked the man a question. We need to notice our neighbors. One of the premises of this whole series is that God has put you right where you live And He's put people around you. You say, well, preacher, I live out in the country. Well, He's put people around you you work with. Well, they're all Christians. Go out and find some lost people. He's put people in stores. He's put the person, the cashier you go to at the grocery store or the convenience store. He's put them in your life. There are people, whoever you are, that are in proximity to you that don't know Jesus. And that is your mission. Thanks for the three amens. It's very encouraging today. Your mission is to take Jesus to those people, to bless them. You can't convert them. You can't change them. And as we said last week, it's a mistake to pressure them to change or just try to convert them. Your job is to bless them and love them with Jesus and share Him with them and let Him do the work. But that is your mission. You've got to pay attention to your neighbors. And then do what Jesus did. Ask good questions. Jesus asked the blind man, what would you like me to do for you? And I'm like, hello? Isn't the need screaming out at you? You see, Jesus did this. Jesus asked this question before. This wasn't just this one time. He'd say, what do you want me to do? He did not assume upon the person what they wanted. He allowed them to speak and he listened to their wishes and often granted their request. He wanted to hear the man's heart before he went in guns blazing to do what he wanted to do. He wanted to make sure he was giving the man what he really wanted. That's respectful. Let me tell you, Jesus is a gentleman. Jesus is not arrogant and brash and in your face. He comes to you and said, what would you like me to do in your life? He listened. One of the biggest mistakes we make is instead of listening, we jump in quickly with our ready-made solutions. I'm a pro at this. I can do this. I challenge you. Just come and give me a need. I've got a Bible verse for you. Boom. I pull it right off my hip. Bible verse. Boom. I've got an answer for you. I've got ready-made answers everywhere. You ask me about grief, I'll give you a Bible verse. You ask me about forgiveness, I'll give you a Bible verse. If you're not careful, I'll give you three-point sermon about how you can straighten out your problem. Many times, though, when people come to us, they're not looking for a solution. They're looking to be heard. Because I don't know about you, but I have a problem hearing unless I feel like I've also been heard. Now, this is great marriage advice. I've learned this from my wife because sometimes she'll come to me with a problem and I'm a fixer. 
Any fixers in the room? How many of you, you just want to fix things? You just want to make it right. And how many of you typically have two or three solutions ready in hand that you can tell them, hey, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. I've got it. And sometimes I'm such a good fixer that I don't even need to fully hear your problem. You know what I mean? I, I really, you get two sentences in and I, oh yeah, I know the answer here. Just stop talking. We got it. We don't have to talk anymore. I got a solution. And my wife has told me many times, we've been married going on 27 years this year. And uh, she's told me many times, and maybe I'm finally beginning to learn it. She said, listen, I didn't come to you for answers. I came to you so that somebody would listen to my heart. After 27 years, it still doesn't make perfect sense to me. Because I've got an answer. Your answer is often not what they're looking for. They just want somebody to care enough about them to hear them. And many times, if you'll listen, and listen lovingly, patiently, and listen long enough, they'll start asking you to help them. But don't jump in with a solution before they've been heard. In his book, Martin Copenhaver wrote a book called Jesus is the Question, and he said this. I didn't count on myself, but this author said Jesus asked 307 questions over the course of his ministry and only answered three of them. He asked questions. They would ask Jesus a question, and he would answer with another question because he wanted to pull out what was in their hearts. Let me tell you, you've got neighbors that live around you that have problems that they've never talked to anybody about. And they've never talked to anybody about those problems because they don't feel that it's safe to talk to anybody about their problems. And if they know that you are a Christian, there's a chance that they're already prejudiced against Christians because they talked to another Christian who immediately spouted off a Bible verse and judgment to them, and they may not feel like you're safe to talk to. One of the obstacles you have to get over is that feeling in them that maybe you're not a safe person. But as you pray for them, God will begin to open doors. You know, we talked about last week. I hope you got your cards ready. I hope you brought them back and you got names on your cards because we're going to pray for them at the end of this service today. I hope you wrote those lists of names down around your little house on your card there. That's going to be powerful. If you've got that and you're ready to go, great. When you start praying for those neighbors, God will start doing things. One, one friend told me this. He said, I started praying for a neighbor uh, just last week and said, uh, this week she knocked on our door just wanting to talk. Do you think God can do things like that? When they're ready, have your listening ear ready. Now, when you're in a conversation, you ever get in a conversation with people and you're taking turns talking? If some people, some people don't give you a turn, do they? You ever been in one of those conversations where you can just sit there and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Can I give you a little clip, a little hint here? If you're talking to somebody and they're going, yeah, 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 you're being that person. And they really want to escape. But here's a mistake we make even beyond that. Sometimes when we're taking turns in conversation, while the other people's talking, while the other person is talking, we're not listening. We're preparing what we're going to say. That's the absolute opposite of listening. 
Don't start rehearsing what's next. Listen. Jesus told the disciples something wonderful. He said, when you're called to testify for me amongst your enemies, don't pre-plan what you're going to say. It'll be given to you in the moment. Let Jesus live in your heart and trust Him that your response is going to be okay. And even if there needs to be a little silence, let it be. Because sometimes it's in the awkward silences that solutions are birthed. And people realize what's in their own heart. So instead of waiting for your turn to talk and preparing your speech to respond to them, listen to what they are really saying. There are four H's of good listening questions. You ready? History, heart, habits, and hurts. History, heart, habits, and hurts. History is this. These are just questions you can ask someone to get to know them. What history? What's your story? Tell me about your life. Tell me where you came from. Tell me how you got where you are today. Tell me how you met your wife. Tell me about your children. People love to talk about themselves, and they need to talk about themselves. They need their story to be heard. Heart, what's your favorite? Whatever. What's your favorite sports team? You got a conversation. Right? What's your favorite restaurant? Now that leads into next week. I don't know about y'all, but I'm really excited about next week. First time I've been able to talk about how to eat and win people to Jesus. Yeah. Taking me 27 years to get here, but we're going to finally get to that sermon. It's a good lead-in. What's your favorite restaurant? What do you like to eat there? Habits. What are you into? Tell me about your hobbies. What do you like to do when you're not working? Let me tell you what not to ask people. Don't say, what do you do for a living? Because so many people, uh, their identity comes from that. Don't let that be the first question. Don't say, are you Republican or Democrat? Please don't say that. Please don't say that. That's just going to lead to all kind of stuff. You probably don't want to say, what did you just think of this thing on the news that's going on? Get to know them. What are you into? What are your habits? Last one, hurts. And this is a deeper level of intimacy that you get to when you spend time with people. What are you dealing with? What are you going through? And while they're talking, if they pause, here's what you do. You ready? I'm giving you some tools this morning. Are you putting them in your toolbox? I hope you do. When they pause, don't start talking. Use two powerful words. Say, go on. Sometimes they need permission to keep on talking. I know what you're thinking. Preacher, I know a few people. You don't have to tell them. They go on anyway. (laughs) So don't tell them that. Let them go. But when somebody pauses and stops, they may be thinking, this is too much. I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and they said, you know, I really didn't call you just to spill all my problems to you. I said, listen, if you need to spill your problems to me, I'm here. You don't have to call me for any other reason. If you need to talk to me about something, come on and let's talk, because people need to talk about what they're going through. But they often don't. Jesus paid attention. Jesus asked questions. Jesus listened. In 1816, a doctor named Rene Lenach invented a tool called the stethoscope. You ever been to the doctor and been listened to with a stethoscope? The doctor that invented it, they used to put their heads down to the patient's chest to hear their heart, and this doctor did not feel comfortable doing that with ladies. So he invented the stethoscope to be able to hear the heart in, a, in an appropriate way in his mind. 
He taught the doctors that used this. He said, never stop listening to your patients. And this is what he said, and this is well known, I think, in the medical community. He said, if you let your patients talk, they will tell you how to heal them. Let them talk, and they'll tell you where they're hurting. If you'll let people talk and listen to them, they will tell you where the open door is to share your faith. When you go in guns blazing with a multitude of words, they don't feel heard. Number one, and I'm closing, when you listen, people feel safe. Number two, when you listen, people feel validated. And when you listen, people feel loved. David Augsburger said this. He said, being heard is so close to being loved that to most people it cannot be distinguished. Heard equals loved. Can we love our neighbors by listening? Can we love our neighbors by being quick to listen and slow to speak? If we do that, we'll be Jesus in our neighborhood. A group of Bible scholars, they were discussing the different Bible translations and debating which one was the best And one said, I like the King James Version for its beauty. Another one said, I like the American Standard Version for its accuracy and its scholarship. Another one said, I like the New Living Translation for its readability. Finally, one scholar said, I like my mother's translation of the Bible. She translates the Bible every day into her life. And that's the best translation. You live it out. You live it out. I wonder, what's the Anthony Craver translation saying to my neighbors? Is the Anthony Craver translation saying what Jesus wants it to say? If I listen, it will. All right. You got your cards ready? Did you fill out your cards this week? How many got your names on your cards right now? You got your names, you brought it back to church with you, and you did your homework, and you brought it back. Would you hold it up high right now? Hold it up high right now. You get a prize today, so hold it up. Hold it up. Your prize is coming. Pastor Greg, Patrick, Tim, you get a free John. You get a free copy of the Blessed Book. Give them a hand. Did their homework. Love it, love it, love it. Love it. Free book. Now, for the rest of you, it's five bucks. Now, initially, it's 15 So we offset that cost a whole lot to get it to you at a serious one-third discount. You want to grab this book on your way out. Uh, Greg, where are they going to be? They're going to be out in the lobby. Out in the lobby, you can pick up a copy of this book, and we'd love for you to have it uh, so you can go along with us in this series and learn how to bless your neighbors. If you didn't bring your card, there's much grace and mercy for you today. Still going to cost you five bucks. But there's grace and mercy for you today. We have cards at the back. If you would grab one of those and please bring it back each week. We're going to be praying for our neighbors. If you weren't here last week and want to get a card, please get one at the back. Would you hold those cards up right now? Some of you have people in your mind now that you haven't got on the card yet. We're going to pray for them together. Would you bow with me? Jesus, thank you for these people that are all around us and in proximity. We don't know all their names, but Jesus, you know them. You know who they are. And Jesus, today, 
you're reaching them, you're touching them as we pray. We lift them up to you. And we believe you, Jesus, to draw them to you. And we believe you to change us. Help us to listen. God, over the next days and weeks, you're going to open up opportunities for us to hear our neighbors, their history, their hurts, their habits. You're going to connect us with them. May we bite our tongues, not offer quick fixes, but truly listen to where they are and let them feel loved and let them feel Jesus through that. We thank you for it in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Isn't it wonderful to know him, to worship him, to serve him? I was just uh, early this morning, I got a picture from the other side of the globe in Nigeria. And there's a church worshiping this morning in Nigeria for the first time in a long time. They have a roof over their heads. And that's because of your generosity. And it's joy we were able to put a roof on a church in Nigeria. And they were just praising and that roof was there. And I thought, isn't it wonderful to be a part of the family of Jesus? Even across continents, Jesus is touching people. I just bless you today with his life, his spirit. I bless you today with uh, being able to be turned aside by a cry of faith. When someone in your path is like this blind man who's been rejected and cast aside, you're going to hear his voice. You're going to hear her voice. And you're going to touch those that others ignore with the power of Jesus. That's your blessing. In that blessing, I commission you and send you to take Jesus into your world. Amen. Love y'all. Thank you so much for being here today. Love you, every one of you, so much. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.